Greetings, my friends, and welcome to Minute with Mark. We are taking a little road trip to California right now. Micah, you can say hi. Everybody else is sleeping. Hi. It's got to be a little louder, Micah. Think about the like dynamics of life, hi. bro. Hi. Okay. We're just spitting into laptops. So, anyway, um, today's title is pretty bold. Two Dreamers Collide. How to Create Your Near Utopian Business. So... There's, you know, out in the ethers and whatnot, there's a lot of talk about profiting from your passion. You know, something that's deep in your heart and making money from your passion. Um, a lot of times I've found that when people chase that rabbit, it's, it's okay, but it's just really half of the stories. It's really not about what your passion is. Business is really about creating and fulfilling a passion for somebody else. And so when, when the two dreams and the two passions collide, now you actually have a near utopian business. And what I mean by near utopian is, you know, on this side of heaven, there will be no utopic experience. But the question is, how close? Well, the question I ask myself is, how close can I get to a utopic life? Like, how, how close can I get to my personal Camelot? for my family, for my business, for my relationships, for my health, for my financial situation. Like, it, although I truly do not believe in the utopia, how close can I push it? And I think when it comes to personal fulfillment and career vocational fulfillment, when you have two dreamers coming together and exchanging energies, which is, let me explain. So I love travel. I love it. I get my brain crackles and bristles with all sorts of excitement when I'm doing it. My, my thinking wakes up. I have more models for ideas. Like I was just, when I was in Vail a few weeks ago and I saw the cigar bar at the Ritz-Carlton. You know, by law in Colorado, the cigar bar had to be outside, but it's the middle of the winter in the mountains. And it's cold. It's blowing. It's blustering. And they... So the Ritz created their outdoor cigar bar with just like a foot and a half or two feet of space in between the bricked structure and the ceiling. So technically, it was an outside deck. And then I started thinking, oh, wow, from our, our North Dakota home, which I'm kind of starting to toy with designs for when we go home in the summer. But we want to we spend a couple weeks, three weeks or so in the winter there. Like, how could I create an indoor outdoor kind of environment. It was travel that gave me those models. Like travel gives me those insights. Well, anyway, so I love travel, but it doesn't make me any money. I also love Solomon's teachings, right? King Solomon, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. But that doesn't make me any money. My passion doesn't make me any money, okay? And neither does yours. Um, I love the power of the internet, the freedom of an internet business, internet marketing. I love, I love how it redefines the potential for a person's life, but that doesn't make me any money. Now, now, just like a relationship, okay, so if you're married or you're thinking about getting married, a relationship without romance. Now, a marriage isn't all romance, right? Or at least nobody I've ever met. Now, before you're married or you're, you know, you're in that kind of discovery phase, it can seem like all romance for a little bit. And then you get married, and then romance is part of the picture. 
And in a really thriving, strong marriage, building a family, what I've found is that romance, when it's not on the menu, you know, little love making in the morning, little hold, hand holding, a little randomized hug, just like Shandy and I, we, we were just in this little road trip. We stopped at a Love's gas station, right? And um, I go into the bathroom. I come out. Also travel. I, when I was in Canada, nobody calls it the bathroom because technically we're not bathing there. They call it the washroom. So I'll call it the washroom. It sounds more polite. So anyway, I go into the washroom. And she's going to watch in the car because the kids are all sleeping and, you know, whatever. It's sketchy truck driver environment and when I come out you know she's gonna go into the washroom but we hug for like five six seven seconds and I give her a kiss and the wind's blowing and it feels great and that little touch of romance there without when a relationship lacks that little touch and it's sometimes Shani and I will hang out with other couples and we don't as much now when we were younger we'd look at other couples more and probably judge them harder or, or this or that but one of the telling signs of a of a marriage and its strength is just like in poker people give tells they don't know they have tells or it wouldn't be a tell you know but when couples don't touch when they don't make eye contact that's a sign that something's touchy in that wedding, in that marriage like something's missing but anyway I'm on, a, I'm on a rabbit trail but with business when there's not that romance where there's not that feeling and again this is my own experience I'm, I'm not saying that this is for everybody I know guys who well I don't know as many guys but I know of guys who run businesses um, in a very hey it's a monetary game we provide that they pay for this it is what it is you know we've got to protect blah 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 there's no romance it's just kind of like it lacks romance and to me that's icky you know, and maybe they have a, maybe that's romantic to them to have no romance. So I'm not, I'm not making any value statements about that. But in my experience, when there's not this romantic idea, like when someone buys our Renaissance membership, goes to Hawaii, takes pictures, puts it on um, Instagram and Facebook, comes back home, Shares of their great adventure, shares they saved 80%. I know they had, you know, people have better sex on vacation. It's just how it is. They've done studies that if a, if a man, if you just Google health benefits of travel, if a man doesn't take a seven-day vacation geographically away from his dominant place of work and seven days away from his work, he's over 30%, it's like 32, 33% more likely to die of a heart attack. That's, that's like been studied and vetted out and it's really wild. But anyway, um, when I see, you know, our clients doing that and then we have a, you know, a nice leather archivable travel journal that they will post some of their notes from and memories and kind of like a vacationing scrapbook and I know that how much kids, how much memory, blah, 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 the romance of it. That carries me through the 10 to 15% of utter and complete bullshit that nobody is stupid enough to engage in as an entrepreneur that I deal with. I deal with just madness. There's like a 10 to 15% madness that I budget in. 
that I budget into the business, but it's the romance that offsets the madness and makes it all flow so well. Channing, does that make any sense? And so it's just like with, with a marriage, when there's the romance, it can, it can kind of cut the bitterness that is called your spouse (laughs) or just like the stuff that you have to deal with. Most spouses are about at most 75 to 80% of our dream. And then 20% might be, eh, you know, not a perfect, not a perfectly matched on that issue. Or it'd be fun if we were more aligned here, more aligned there, whatever. But, but the romance is what cuts that, that difference and adds just a glow of beauty on the whole thing. And so how do you create a near utopic business? And what I would offer, and I don't think I made this up. I think I heard it somewhere, some version of basically two people, um, two dreamers coming together. I'm not sure if that's the, how it was worded, but that's what I sucked out of the idea. Is two dreamers collide. For instance, I just got back from British Columbia. They have, you know, my dream. Okay, so somebody someday, years and years and years and years ago, looked at the Whistler Blackcomb Mountain Range area and said... We have a dream of creating just an epic place for people to fly in from all over the world to have kind of an otherworldly ski experience. Just an out of this planet or at the top of this planet, the best that the world can offer. Um, There's this, I think I talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, but there's Blackcomb Glacier that cut this huge valley, valley and you take a handful of lifts up to it and then you take a t-bar up and then you hike up and it's literally like you're in a different dimension the winds you know they're just i mean it's just like crazy north dakota prairie 40 mile an hour wind blowing gusts and you're carrying your skis and you're in your ski boats so you're walking like a poorly designed robot in the snow your heart's beating you've got weird altitudes but you're in a totally different world it feels like you drop into this ancient glacier pad and you ski down and then you catch this one run and you can come up and up at the top of that, above the clouds, with this panoramic of jagged mountains everywhere, they have a Belgium waffle hut. And it's just, it's a little, it's called the crystal waffle hut. And it's got organic blueberries and raspberries. And then they shave in just a little black chocolate shavings on top of it. And for $2 extra, you can put maple bacon on it. It's just the thickest cut Canadian fresh bacon. And you can eat it outside. They've kind of wind blocked it the way they put it against the mountain. And I'm in that thing going, okay, why die and go to heaven when you can just go eat waffles here? Like, what's the point of dying? You know, it's just that's how dreamy it was. But when when we were sitting there, Jaden and I were sitting there and I go, you know, isn't this, isn't this amazing? We're in a design and feeling exactly what the designers of this wanted us to feel. Like it's exactly what their dream was. We're in that. And it's exactly my dream. But I didn't even know it was my dream till I was in it. And then I found out somebody created a dream for me. And here I freaking am. And when we're in the presence of that kind of intentionality, of that kind of care of thought, we know it. We can feel it. We can feel that, holy shit, this person designed this to be a fantasy fulfillment for me. And when the design is their fantasy fulfillment, 
and their buyers are trading their money to experience that fantasy, you've now got what I think is a near utopic business. Now, in light of all that, it's the romance of it. The realities are they got to get the frickin' waffles up there. They got to drive the cat, you know, the snowmobiles to get it up to there. All the, you know, there's problems. There's crap. There's 10 to 15% supply problems. Like you're running low on inventory up there. It's difficult to get more waffle mix. You know, it, there's, there's all sorts of problems, but it's the romance that carries through. So as an entrepreneur, one of the things that I'd like you to screw around with in your mind and just play with like Play-Doh is how could I design, what is my fantasy for somebody else? Like what would, what is my dream for somebody else? You know, most of the conversation in America, personal development or America success literature is what is your dream, right? And that's cool. What is your, what is your dream board? And that's fair. You know, all these things are fine. There's nothing. But what if there's a layer? What if there's a quantum way that skips past all that where you actually get the whole like, what is your dreams and all that bullshit? And you skip and you get to get all that, but you get a way deeper level. I think that would be something along the lines of, could you dream for others in such a way that they don't even, you do the dreaming for somebody else, the heavy lifting of thought creation, and then you design it and you manifest it, and then someone steps in a design and they find themselves feeling things they didn't know they could feel, having wins they didn't know they could they could win. This is This is what I believe is what happens when two dreamers collide. And they're fulfilling each other's dreams. They had a dream of an epic ski resort. I have a dream of an epic ski experience. Right? I love travel. I love what happens to other people when they're on travel. When they're on travel like it's a drug. <laughs> when they're on travel. But but so I created, I design a brand and a story that causes people to meet dream fulfillment that they didn't even know. they They didn't even know they barely wanted it. Until they experienced it. Same with Solomon's teaching. I had a dream, a personal dream, and it stemmed from a problem where I had a deep, deep, deep block on wealth. I had a real issue. And a lot of, you know, again, the the majority of teaching is how to make money. If you're looking to make money, the majority of teaching is here's how to make money. And on the surface, that looks like that's the right kind of teaching. If you're looking to make money and you want to make money, it would seem here's how to make money would be the right answer. Well, again, what if you skipped a quantum thing and the actual issue wasn't how to make money. It was the issues with receiving money, the energetic vibration of money, the guilt that's associated with money, the guilt that's that, that comes automatically. If, if you're listening to me right now, you have a friend set and a family set and all of that force of your past is your current environment. Now I want you to imagine you're a hundred times richer. Whatever you earn, you're in a hundred thousand times it by a hundred and you're earning that annually now. There's a fear that you'll lose all your friends. They'll leave you. You'll leave them. There's all sorts of uncertainties about the abundance. What happens if I become abundant? So what Solomon did for me was it. he allowed me, his trainings and his teachings, 
in his Proverbs, which I believe were divinely inspired, they broke free and cleaned the moral problem I had with money. They cleaned it, and as soon as that happened, I went from making 38000 a year to the next year as a first-year entrepreneur making fifty. So I made a little more, 38000 to fifty, Not bad. Then I really dug into these things, and the next year I did a half a million profit. Why was that? Was it because I learned how to make money? No, it was because I cleaned my interior mind about receiving abundance, that it's ethical, that it's good, that it's helpful, that it's right, that it's divinely a favored activity that it's got a stamp of approval on it as long as no one's manipulated or deceived. Right? And so, so that's the dream I have for others. And so when, when I create that course and someone buys it and then they feel it and then all of a sudden wealth starts like blizzarding into their life, I dreamed for them. Two dreamers collide. They pay a couple grand. I hand them the intel they have the experience, they're happy, I'm happy, the world's a better place, they're closer to their utopia, and I'm closer to mine. Shani, am I making any sense? 100%, okay. Okay, I could tell, like, a bunch more examples. I like them, keep going. What do you want me to talk about, honey? Just what you're doing. No, I was sitting here, and I was like, you know, we have a couple, we have how many hours? We have three hours and four minutes left, and Shani goes, you should record a podcast, and I said, well... I was just thinking of that. I was and actually getting ideas in my head for yeah. drawing people in. Yeah, so, Shani, so this is just for entertainment to pass the time. We've been listening to the comedy channel on XM, just laughing our ass off this whole time, and that's been pretty fun. I think I'll do another podcast on why we're actually on this trip, because it is a 100% oh, yeah. because of Gracie. Uh, we have a house rule that I don't say no to things. That's how the rule starts. Like, the kid wants something, it's it's not going to be no out of the gate. They have an opportunity to sell, and they have to sell me. And so I tell kids, I'm like, I tell the kids, like, you can pretty much get just about anything you want, and I'll support it, but you got to sell me. So you got to create an offer for me. And Gracie, on this trip, she created an offer that was a packet and it was on my bed one night because we're in spring break mode right now. And the packet, and I should pull it out and read it here, but I, I won't. But the gist of it was it opened up and it said, are you interested in going to California for spring break? And there was a checkbox. And it said, if yes, check here and turn the page. If no, please return this entire packet to Gracie right now. But there was... There was like pop-up things in the next pages. That It was like a four or five page packet of curiosity. I wanted to flip the page, but she, she had me at just, are you interested? Basically, are you open to going to California? If so, flip the page and continue. If not, please hand everything back to Gracie. It's just a masterful sales piece. So I flipped the freaking page. I you know, screw it. I'm going to just read this thing. I mean, let's get real. Okay, so I, I brought it. I'm going to interview Gracie on this. Okay, so it says, it's. I should put pictures of it. So it's got California. It's got a gold Sharpie. There's two palm trees. There's question marks. And it says, capital A-R-E, are you interested in going to, and then California, check one, yes, no. And she says, if you choose yes, 
then flip the page. If no was chosen, then give this whole packet back to Grace. And then there was this another side below it that said California, and it had a big heart on it. So then when I flipped the page, and it's got, like, it's, <laughs> this is amazing. Shannon, I know you might have helped with this a little bit, but it's got, like, ribbons. It's it's a really done packet. Gracie actually created this whole thing herself, and okay. then brought it to me for approval and for timing. When should we give it to her? Oh, okay. So Gracie did it, and then Shannon was just a consultant. So the next page I flip, talk about a sales funnel. And it says, since you flipped the page, you must be interested in going to California, underline. Well, look inside the envelope and keep reading. So I look inside this envelope. And to my, you know, knowing Grace now, I'm not that shocked. But what you're hearing, that is a pack of money. Just, it's a bunch of money. To my knowledge, I uh, so anyway, it says flip page. So I look at all this money. And I'm talking, it's it's a collection of kid money. So it's like ones and fives and twenties and all, all the rest. Then I flip it and it says, this, this is $100 for hopefully enough for one night in a hotel or an Airbnb. I'm happy to pay and I'm filled with glee. Just think of the family playing in the sand and water. I am your only daughter. Our family will have such a fun time. And don't forget, mom will have her son time. And then she has me, she drew a picture of me on a stand-up paddleboard, taking a selfie of myself. <laughs> she, has, she has the boys riding a shark under the ocean. Mom is on an inner tube. You look absolutely blissed out. <laughs> you look like a witch in this picture, actually. And then Gracie is, so the whole family's on this. Gracie's on a boat with her hands up, smiling. I should post this. You know, Jaden, I'll send this to you. It'll be minutewithmark.com. No, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to post no, it. No, you got to post okay, it. Okay, minutewithmark.com forward slash grace, G-R-A, no, G-R-A-C-E, minutewithmark.com forward slash grace, and it'll show this final picture. It's got the little sun on it, and then she's on a boat, and then I think it's Micah is on the other side. He's puking into the water. So I'm on a stand-up paddleboard, and I'm slightly, you know, unshaven, and Shannon's blissed out on a on the beach, and couple of the boys are riding a shark. Mike is puking in off the edge of a boat and she's just gleed out. So anyway, I, I went through that packet and uh, I'm like, you know what? Fine, we're going. So we're on this trip 100% because we have a house philosophy that I just don't say no. You can sell me, but it's got to be a hell of a sale. And the timing was clutch. Like so Micah, yeah, like, and the timing was appropriate. But you know, Micah it was a few days. But well, actually, Micah, this this is a good note for you. Yeah. Micah's birthday. What day is your birthday again? February fifth. February fifth. So this year it fell on the Super Bowl. I'm a Brady. Like I got a man crush on Tom Brady. I love the Patriots. Um, not crazy love, but love. You know, I'm I'm a I'm crushing. Cars freaking me out. Okay, so I'm crushing, and Rush Micah goes, "Well, hey, Dad, why don't just me and you for my birthday go to the Super Bowl, and we can, you know, we'll have so much fun. It'll be just us, and it'll be great, and we'll we'll just fly in the night before." He was kind of he mapped it out a little bit, future paced me into the experience. But Micah, you know, I didn't get I didn't get a deep enough selling proposition. Like, look at what Gracie did to sell me. 
And she was willing, it was called a loss leader. She's willing to spend a hundred bucks as a loss leader. Now here's the catch. Shannon said, did you give her the money back? I said, no, I'm giving her money back. She's, she wanted to happily gleeful. Why am I going to take away her opportunity? And the thing is, Gracie's got so much freaking money. She manifests that shit like it's a joke. So I don't want to take away her, her power in, she wanted to contribute a hundred bucks to this trip and we're on it because of her. Now, will it all go back to her in the form of ice cream and little knickknacks and the toy here or there? And of course it will, but, and some spending money and this and that, but I, you know, that's how I roll with the kids is like, I don't say no, you have to sell me and the, and the more intense the desire the, the harder the sell might have to be. Not at all times. Sometimes like dad, can I go to a movie? It's like, yep, go ahead. Here's 20 bucks. Like that, sometimes that happens. I don't want them to live in a total deserve, deservership. Like you can overdo the ownership and deservership in a kid. And I don't want to create that kind of thing either. Because then you end up with just this, this non-generous, you know, I want them to see what abundance and generosity feels like at the same time as earning and aiming for something and knowing how to create a design that gets you what you want and doesn't hurt anybody else in the process, right? And so Gracie enrolled me in this trip and it was a masterpiece and food for thought if you got kids on that stuff. Like Rush, you know, I'll rush out, you asked for that motorcycle. Well, you're just like, I want a motorcycle. I want a dirt bike. Well, that's lazy. It was to the, the ask was too big for the sales effort to be so small. Does that make sense, Rashi? So, like, if you would have picked out, I have three motorcycles I was looking at and shot high. Like, here's a $7,000 one. Here's this. These are the gear. Whatever. And you had 50 bucks. And it's like, I looked at helmets. Helmets are 100 bucks. I know you're going to want me to have a helmet. I'll buy my helmet. Or you already, if you presented your pitch with a purchased helmet from your own money, now you're getting into irresistible offer stuff because now I'm seeing you really want that motorcycle. See what I'm saying, Rashi? Yeah. So, uh, food for thought, everybody, and you know, and I'll do things like matching. You know, they and we ha the kids have all sorts of cash that they generate. They ju Isaac just did. Uh, he's doing a level, a level in Limitless, so he's he's in our Limitless community, 13 years old. But one of the levels is you have to put a hundred dollar bill crisp in your wallet and maintain it for 90 days without spending it to teach because a lot of these guys joined get into limitless when they're 19 20 and you know money has a habit of getting in their pocket and screaming spend me spend me spend me now spend me more like spend me instantly and so this particular level is to accumulate a hundred dollar bill put it in your pocket not spend it for 90 days well isaac didn't have a hundred so he said, well, I got to pass this level to keep moving in the game to get the things that I want because the game has all sorts of feedback loops of rewards and stuff. Reality gamification is going to decimate information marketing, make it obsolete. As we currently know it, it'll be obsolete in probably 7, 10 years, I would, I'm guessing. But anyway, so Isaac needs that money. So he strikes up a lemonade stand. Gracie comes around and helps him. He makes 58 bucks in two hours, gives Gracie a $5 bill for being the cheerleader. And, um, but yeah, so we teach kids how to make money cause they know that, you know, daddy will three, four or five times that money on stuff that they want. As long as they'll show me they're willing to work for it, I will, uh, be a welfare system for them to help them. And, 
And, you know, different parents have different philosophies on that. And I don't think the way I'm doing it is the right way. I think there's many right ways that, that parents can do that. And so that's not what I'm sharing here is that this is how you do it. Um, some parents lavish their kids with whatever they want as a form of getting them into abundance. And then I thought, you know, when I was a younger man, I saw this happen to, to a couple of people young kids and I thought well you're spoiling them they're not going to learn how to do anything and then those kids turned mid-20s and now those kids have really high standards for themselves they work really hard they're amazing hosts and they're really generous and kind and skilled because they've been in just um, they've been saturated with such a high standard that they're willing to have that standard for themselves and figure it out and so there's different you know fallout points and there's different values and I would say just being ex- being exposed to a multitude of models on how to raise kids is very is very useful. Anyway, food for thought. Love you guys. Minute with Mark. Caliph bound road trip. Shani, will you sing exactly how that song is? California knows how to party. Wiki 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 California. You know that one? Or like California Cation or something? Yeah. Or like California Dreaming. Yeah, come on. I'll let you you, I'll let you, you can do it. Ah, she's Micah, shy. Micah, you know it. You know the song, Micah? She's Micah? shy. Okay, love you guys. Bye.